Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Jordana Osman, here with my friend and Chavruta Ann Gordon. Our daf today, Masachat Yuma Daf Lamed, page 30. We're a month into our study of this Masachat, and we have a new Mishnah here on Ahmed Aleph that is going to continue part of our discussion about what actually happened on the day of Yom Kippur and all the things the Kohen Gadol had to do, but also begins a discussion about sort of an important principle or action that had to happen if anybody wanted to enter the Beit HaMikdash area itself. So we had learned, you know, before that the Kohen Gadol in the previous Mishnah needed to do um, a series of uh, immersions, right? And some of these were washing of hands. And some of this had to do with, uh, we started that discussion about whether or not when the Kohen Gadol urinated or defecated, what needed to be done. And now we're learning this principle that you can't enter the temple courtyard for service, it doesn't make a difference. It's not a question of being tame or tahor, but even if you're tahor, you still need to do an action of tevila. You still need to go to a mikvah. Now the mission informs us, So on Yom Kippur itself, the Kohen Gadol five times will have to do tevila, and 10 times will have to do what we talked about before, was this kiddush, right? This sanctification of his hands. Um, on Yom Kippur itself, the Kulamba Kodesh Al Beit Parva, and all of this was done in this particular area of the Beit Hamikdash called the the Hall of Parva. Um, except for the first one, which was described in the previous uh, Mishnah, except that initial uh, tevila that the Kohen Gadol did when he woke up in the morning. Persu Sadin Shabutz Beino Levena Am, and so what would happen is when uh, they needed to, when he would do these, with the tevila specifically, they would spread a sheet of linen. And I mean, if you think about visually what this looked like, the nation to basically come on Yom Kippur, they would be filling the courtyard. Everybody would be watching the Kohen Gadol sort of performing the Savoda, right? Now, there are participatory parts, right, which we'll learn about later, where the nation may be answered or something like that. But in a certain way, this whole thing was a show, right? It was watching the Kohen Gadol. And even to the point of where the Kohen Gadol did the Tevila, where the Kohen Gadol went to the mikvah, this was also done in front of the nation. So for modesty reasons, they would sort of put this linen sheet up so that you obviously couldn't see the Kohen Gadol, you know, actually go in because he would be naked. But it's kind of interesting to think about, like, how much of this was done and was actually on, uh, on display. So the Gemara here starts with sort of the obvious question, right? Shalu at Benzoma. So they ask Benzoma, right? Tevilazo Lama. So basically the question is, why do you need to do Tevila? Like, in other words, if a person is Tahor, why is Tevila a requirement basically to do Aboda? Why do, why do you have to have that done? Amar Lahem. So he answered them, Uma Mishanem Kodesh Lakodesh, right? Just as one who moves, right? When you're doing Aboda, right? from the Avoda, particularly of Yom Kippur, right? The, the Kohen Gadol's moving from Kodesh to Kodesh, right? He moves from one area of the Beit HaMikdash to another area of the Beit HaMikdash, right? Umi makom shanushkarit And he moves from one area where that if you entered, if you were actually impure, if you were actually tame, it's punishable by karit, to another area that also if you entered and you were tame, you were impure, it would be punishable by karet, ta'un tevila. All of that requires tevila. Hamishanemi chol le kodesh. If somebody right moves from a 
non-sacred area, meaning they're outside of the temple and they move into the temple, which is a Kodesh area. Or they move from an area where you're allowed to be their tummy and you wouldn't get karet, meaning the area outside of the Beit HaMikdash, outside of the temple, to an area where if you were standing their tummy, you would be punishable by karet, meaning going into the Beit HaMikdash. Right? If that requires tevila, right? Those situations moving from chol to kodesh or makom she'ena nushkaret l'makom nushkaret, that requires tevila. How could it not be, right? Uh, how sorry? How could that not require tevila? So, in other words, the 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 if we're going to, it since it's being required from kodesh to kodesh, right? It has to be that this would also sort of be required if you're moving from Chol to Kodesh. And the idea is basically saying that this like Kodesh to Kodesh movement, it's not about issues of Tumantara. It's more about sort of increasing the sanctity of what you're doing. Or I think being very mindful, I would put it differently. I don't know. It's, it's being mindful, the sanctity of the Kedusha of what you're doing. And that's sort of been Zoma's understanding. Uh, Rabbi Yehuda, Omer Rabbi Yehuda says differently. He said, He says it's an ancillary. I guess this is how the English translated it, an ancillary uh, tevila, right? Meaning it's not a mitzvah, but rather, so that no one will remember, you know, any old tuma they had and then sort of all of a sudden be like, oh my God, I can't do the agoda. So in other words, what Rabbi Yehuda is saying is, is that in a way we're sort of, putting them these extra tevilas, even though we the person is tachor, and it's not a mitzvah for them to go, but just on the off chance that maybe the person later on remembers, oh my God, I actually was Tameh, they're covered because they did this, they did this sort of unnecessary tevila and they took care of it. And so then the Gemara basically wants that's Bamaikamafliga, right? What are they actually disagreeing about? Um Baahule Avoda so they're talking about whether, okay, if you didn't do this, this is what the disagreement would be over, um, is what happens if you didn't do this tevila? What if you didn't do it and then the coin comes and does the avoda anyways? So according to Ben Zoma, right, this is actually a desecration, Michel avoda. It desecrates the service, right? It's not, it's not good if he didn't do it. Whereas Rabbi Yehuda says it doesn't because the immersion was just there as, you know, uh, it's, you know, in case something happened and you remember that he was tummy, but it's not because it actually had, um, it had to be done. Um, you know, and then they, you know, want to go ahead and then the Gemara tries to sort of, um, uh, you know, explore Benzoma's uh, opinion um, a little bit. They reject that this is actually what it's about. Then they come up with a different one, right? Which is Ella Lamakem Baase Kamepalge, right? Lebenzoma Kai Baase, Lerabi Huda Lo Kai Baase. So now they actually decide whether or not, if you don't do this tevila, is it actually a violation of not doing a positive commandment? So according to Benzoma, it's actually a, an Ase, right? This is the second opinion. It's actually an Ase to do this. And according to Rabbi Yehuda, it isn't. Um, and then now they go through. Uh, Rabbi Yehuda, and they try to explore that a little bit. Is this really what Rabbi Yehuda, um, is this actually what Rabbi Yehuda uh, holds? And, and then the Gemara goes, I'm not going to read the whole thing, and, and I'll leave you to, if you want to comment on that. Um, 
you know, they go, they go on to discuss a little bit more there. But I think the thing that's interesting is, is that obviously really what the Gemara is bothered by, we're sort of trying to explore is that it's clear that this is not a Tavila that it has to do with Tuman Tahara, right? It, it, it's sort of some type of extra Tavila, something extra that's being added to the Avoda, and it needs to sort of figure out what is the reasoning for this. Now, to me, it doesn't feel like such a question, right? It kind of makes sense. It's sort of built in that, you know, Tavila, I guess, doesn't always have to be straight for Tumantar. We know today that there are plenty of people um, who like to go to the mikvah for a variety of reasons, right? Just as a ritual, it seems to feel very pow- powerful and is uh, and has significance to people. And so I think we see that that was sort of built into the avoda itself, that just the, the using Tavila as, you know, as, and even this Kidei Shadayim Baraglayim, you know, as a means of a ritual, whether you hold by Benzoma, whether you hold by Rabbi Yehuda, um, but the, the reasoning to me is less important. I, I'm more interested in is that I think overall it frames the experience of doing the avoda in a particular way. So I'm going to take us a step back, um, kind of in this middle of where you were discussing the Machloket of Benzoma and Rabbi Yehuda. And I, I'm not sure, Yordana, that Benzoma would agree with you that it's not, meaning once you say that it's essential to the whole phenomenon of of doing the avoda, then, then you can't say that, I mean, it's not a tumentari, but it is still part of the sanctification rule. I, I so hear what I, you're saying. You're, you're saying it better than I did. Correct. Like it's not, it, it, it's an elevation of Kedusha. It, it brings, it, it truly does bring something because if we say by certain actions, we, we bring Kedusha into this world, then you're right. It is a significant part of it. I, so Thank you for helping so, me so I, on that language better. As I want to come back to this point where it says, because you were talking, and I, I think, you know, nicely and correctly and everything like that, about exactly, you know, what is the Kohen Gadol going to do? And when does he need to do these Tevilot and so on? And then the Gemara says, it's talking about what are they really disagreeing about? Meaning that they are debating, their, dis, their disagreement there is whether the Avoda is going to be desecrated you know, and disqualified if this Kohen doesn't do the tefillah, right? You say, if he doesn't do the tefillah, can he then do so-and-so, right? Meaning we were focusing on the Kohen Gadol and, and what it means for him. And I think that the the question of what were they disagreeing about, the way the Gemara frames it, are, are we talking about Chule uh, from, uh, from Chol, from, from like, you know, the, um, mundane, profane, right? Are they desecrating? Is is he desecrating the avoda by not doing this tefila? Levenzoma mechel avoda. The Rabbi Yehuda lo mechel avoda. So then, then the, this machloket between Rabbi Yehuda and Benzoma becomes significant in a different way because you know have they is has he negated? Has he nullified the avoda itself? Not just about him. Where what is his status? But you know, what would they have to do? Start again? Right? Like, it's a it's a really strong statement, I think, that Benzoma would say, uh, this would desecrate the whole Avoda. So I, I think that that, um, that shift from the focus on the Kohen Gadol and what he needs to do to the, you know, in the absence of him doing this, what does that mean for, for the Avoda itself and everybody who needs that Avoda done? I, I think that's a key part here. 
So then when the Gemara comes, goes on to say, meaning, according to Benzoma, is it really desecrated, right? Is that is it really the case that you would have to kind of, I don't know. I don't know if you would have to start again or if you just, you know, call it a year. I, I don't know what the solution would be. So we've got a Brita that knocks down Benzoma, right? It says, no, well, even if he didn't do all of these tevilot that we know he's supposed to do, the avoda itself is still considered acceptable. Except that if we're talking about the kidesha daim in the morning, right? Meaning they're not all created equal, all these five dunks and 10 hand, hand and feet washings. The first one of the day has a different significance. And if you haven't done that, if the Kohen Gadol or the Kohen Hedyot haven't done that, then the then the Avoda is is null and void, right? They would have to, I don't know, they would have to redo something. But I think it makes sense. I mean, I think, yeah, I maybe should have focused a little more on Menzoma's opinion. I mean, that's why they ultimately reject this as the source of the Machlokas, because you know, he doesn't have to redo it. And I think it's also intuitive in a way why that first morning, you know, uh, washing of the hands and feet would be important because that's where you're really washing something because of what happened overnight and using the bathroom in the morning. So, yeah, but they're all lumped together. And I think that's part of the problem. In other words, they're the described in the same category in the Mishnah itself. That's right. And, and I think that that makes it an easy... Uh, confusion, you know, it's and and Rabbi Huda and Benzoma don't, you know, separate out the strands. The Gemara does in trying to figure out, you know, how far, what are the implications of each of their views. But it's not, it's not that in the midst of saying, well, I think, right, and then they and then they use this to defend a view. It's really the Gemara saying, um, the standing is not the same. Um, Okay, I just want to just comment that the Gemara goes on to discuss, you know, this same phenomenon of when you are sanctifying yourself or when you are purifying yourself and you need some kind of immersion. So the Gemara then goes on to take this same question, or not really the same question in terms of avoda, but the question in terms of mikvah, and applies it, Rebuda's opinion, to uh, to somebody who has tzara'at, right, a mitzora. What is this? And and there's a whole lot of discussion on that. And then the question is, you know, likewise, what if you were in the midst of avoiding the tumma of a tumat mate? And what happens if you kind of lost you 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 lost the attention that you were paying to keep yourself from getting matame from from the dead body? And so that you ended up becoming from this hesachadah, from losing sight of what you were being being careful to avoid, you end up actually getting tame, right? And so then what do you have to do? And there's a so the my point here, and I because I don't want to read this inside now. My point here is that the question of what does dunking, what does the tevila accomplish, and what does it then permit, right? Is we've got a whole lot more cases to to kind of flesh out the discussion of it. It's not just the Kohen Gadol or even the Kohen Hedyot. We've got a Mitsura, we're talking about Tumantara. We've got a the the tomb of a Tumat mate, we're talking about Tumantara. Meaning most of the cases we're, we're going to be talking about Tzvila 
are directly a matter of Tumantara. It is not crazy to think that that is what's going on here for the Kohen Gadol as well. And the answer is, well, maybe for that first one of the morning, but not for everything over the whole day. Yeah, I don't think, I didn't feel like this topic was fully resolved when we got to the end of the staff. And I think we'll have to see if it sort of comes up again in other forms. And this probably would be the Masachat where it would come up, but it may come up with another Masachat. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Rabbi Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about the staff on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn. 